This is Motor Mania with Damien Reed On Dubai Eye 103.8, the UAE's number one talk radio station. Welcome to Motor Mania. I'm Damien Reed. This is the only interactive car show on UAE Radio where we're going to give you motoring advice. We're going to talk about what's happening in the car world. And we'll let you have a voice on road safety issues. We will be keeping you company through until noon. And here's what's coming up in the next hour. Well, I had a tour of the Alpha Tame's newly open electric vehicle facility. It's very different from the normal service centre, that's for sure. Naz Chowdhury has been checking out the Lamborghini Huracan Serato at a uh, private event, and he'll be giving us his verdict on that. It's uh, Noel's turn to road test this time. Noel Ebden has been driving the Maserati Gricali, and we're going to hear his thoughts on that as well. And uh, Debizzle's Faoud Akali joins us later on, revealing their Debizzle's inspection process when buying and selling cars. But right now, I'm still joined by Naz Chowdhury, and uh, Noel Ebden is back in the studio, fresh from the UK. Good morning, Noel. Good morning. I'm back. It's weird, actually. I haven't been here in ages. Good to see you back in the yeah. studio. You've been uh, you've been running around in the in the UK and and seeing what's going on um, back there. Um, how, how's how's it all going? It's all good. Yeah, it's. Um it's funny actually when you're back in the UK. Once you're, out, once you're outside of London, you realise that everyone's still driving diesel cars. The entire yes. country is driving diesel cars. Yeah, including me. Yes, because you've got the Audi A4 Avant. Yeah. A4 Avant, and it goes forever and ever and ever on a full tank of diesel. <laughs> <laughs> so at some point, the British government need to wake up and uh, realise that you can't change the entire country's cars. But anyway, there you go. Political moment over. So. Yeah, well, we've, we've, we've been... Uh, yes, I had the very similar discussions with a couple of car manufacturers who are based in Europe mm. in the last week or two, and uh, they have similar sentiments as well. So, uh, yeah, it's been a busy busy period for, for travelling since we were all last together. Yeah, um, you've been on a plane, I think. Yes. Just got back yesterday. Was it yesterday morning or this morning? No, yesterday mornings I was doing Formula ah, One last night. Go. So, yes. Um, but uh, earlier last week, I went to Italy, to uh, the week before rather, um, to see uh, Petronas's oil facilities over there in Turin. Now, Petronas, of course, is the Malaysian oil giant, uh, but they bought out Fiat Olio. So... Fiat Olio yeah. obviously was is Fiat's oil company that's been going for many many years. Not anymore. It then yeah. became Silenzia. If you remember those who love their motor racing touring cars, the Alfa Romeo one five fives and one five sixes were sponsored by Silenzia in yes, the late nineties, yes. early two thousands. When they used to drive on two wheels over the. That's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, but eventually now it's become Petronas. So, uh, yeah, we went over to uh, – that's why we went to Turin and not Malaysia for this. Mm. Uh, we'll be covering all that off in a, in a future edition of Motormania. But essentially we talked about what oils your electric vehicle needs. Ooh. And, yes, it does. Yes, EVs need oil. And contrary to some misinformation out there, they also need to be serviced for an oil change, right. your electric vehicle. Well, so ge- Gearbox, surely. Yeah, and and there are cooling issues with the battery as well. They're they're, ah. they're cooled by oil. Some are cooled by refrigerants, but others are cooled by oil. Oh, so, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. But we're going to cover all that off um, off next uh, next time, right? On that one, um, I then went over to, to to Germany this week to visit Porsche. Just got back from them yesterday. It's a hard life, Damien. Uh, oh, well, I haven't slept for a while, but it's been it's been definitely well worth it. There's and no and sympathy, I managed to dodge no the bad weather. Yeah. I know there's not. <laughs> Um, no one ever gives sympathy when you're travelling to visit car companies. But, uh, yeah, we dodged the bad weather, thankfully. But, again, uh, we're going to save this for a future edition of Motomania because what I saw, and I can't say, was quite incredible. 
I'm bound by a global embargo, unfortunately, not to say any more at this stage. That's the, the worst proper, thing yeah. you could have done on yeah. radio, though. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's going to be like, what is he on about? Tune in next week, <laughs> folks. Yeah, That's yeah. why. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Get people back. Come on. Keep yeah. tuning in and, you, and, and all will be revealed. This is the teaser show, isn't it? Oh, no, it's amazing. But but the first part of, of that information I've picked up in the last couple of days will be revealed at Icons of Porsche, which is happening in Dubai. So you've given away the brand? On November. Yes, I can say the brand. That's no, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Can you tell us the model? No. Yeah. No, no. But there will be a reveal on November 24, 26 at Dubai Design Diff. It's a global oh, reveal. No. Naz is digging now. Look, <laughs> he's off. Porsche he's as off. well. Come yeah. on. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure the way things are going at Motormania will be the first outlet in the world to, uh, to break this news on the day uh, because um, – does yeah, it have an the, engine? The timing, it, it's, it, it's, <laughs> it's powered. It's, you, you're not pushing it, and it's not powered by wind. So it's not a bicycle. Do you have to plug it in? <laughs> I, I can't to, say anymore. I'm trying to get as much as I can out of for the, yeah. I'm going to turn your microphone down, <laughs> oh, Nats yeah, exactly. Switch them off, switch them off. <laughs> but I've signed the forms. I can't, uh, can't do anything. But we'll have to wait until then and again later in December for the other big news coming out of that company. Nice. Um, so lots going on there. But anyway, no, let's get on to you, Maserati yeah. Gracali. Well, before we – let's stick with Porsche for a moment. Okay, um, go ahead. Uh, I just sold my 911. Oh, you did? Yes. So oh. I have a uh, – uh, the new uh, owner is very happy and uh, will be uh, doing the paperwork after the show. This was so a 996, if I remember. It was my – yeah, 9964S. Uh, yeah, yeah, Damn, somebody beat me to it. I was yeah. waiting to catch you on a good day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, am, I, am no long, I am no longer a Porsche owner. So, yeah. So, um, so the the value, how, how was it? Did you get what you thought? A little considering bit, 9, 911 values, yeah, a little bit less. I mean, the, the 996s are not worth um, uh, anywhere near what the other models are, but um, yet, uh, yet exactly. But uh, but yeah, yeah. No, I'm happy with what I got. But so, just uh, for yeah, the, good. I keep on saying that the, the right Porsche always go like holds its value. Yep. One question: Are you selling it for more than what you paid for it? Yes. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Proof is in the but pudding. That, but that's always the way with me. Yeah. <laughs> and Porsches as well. <laughs> there you go. So tell me about the Gricali. Um, what have you What have you got there? Okay. So look, I'm not going to go into all the sort of tech specs and stuff because you've driven it. I think Imtishan's driven it. We've mm. been over this loads and loads of times on the show. But the I started out with the GT. Yep. And was really pleasantly surprised, actually. It's a nice-looking car. Um, it just... It, it's got a little bit of road presence. It's got that nice big Maserati grille on the front. Mm. Really, really comfy inside. And I remember, it was funny, when I picked it up, uh, Sony, who you know very well from outside, yes. said to me, yep. this, is the, this is the starting model. This is the GT. And I was like, how can a GT be a starting model? But anyway, um, it's quick. The GT is a quick car for yeah. an SUV. Yeah. I mean, it's not um, in any way slow. Um, and I drove it for, for about, I had that for about a week. And then, and then I handed it back, and mm. I got into the, the lovely Trofeo. Yeah, okay, yes, yeah. Which, yeah. I, which I, I'm currently driving, which is fantastic. I mean, totally overpowered, really, for 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 going to the shops. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not quite sure what, it, what 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 you would use it for, but yeah, the um, that um, that engine is absolutely sublime, and it sounds mm. amazing as well. Um, I mean, I'm yeah, super super happy with it. Um, it's got decent sized boots. Um, mm. If you don't have the uh, spare in the back, 
Uh, probably better to carry a can in the back, but um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, lovely. Um, I love the nice. clock. Do you remember the clock? Yes, yeah. yeah. The clock is a so very important part of Maserati interiors. E- exactly. So <laughs> just to explain, obviously it doesn't uh, difficult to explain on the radio, but all Maseratis have a clock in the centre of the dash. Normally, yeah. it's an actual proper ticking clock. Mm. This is still a ticking clock, but it's digital. Yeah. So it's actually a screen with a little arm ticking around on it. And nice. like, it's <laughs> a little trade in it as well. Uh, yeah, it's really nice. cool. It's actually, it would make a nice watch to actually yeah. wear. So, nice uh, one. So yeah, super comfy, love it, um, very fast. Definitely go and check them out. Um, go down to the, and, and the Maserati showroom is absolutely yeah. lovely. And the coffee in the Maserati showroom is amazing as well. I so, know, Sony Lou guys do make a great cup of coffee when do, you go down yeah, there. Yeah, Italians, it's, Italians. I, I will, yeah, I will, of course. I'll be, yeah. I'll be back down there very soon. Speaking so, of Italian cars, Naz Chaudhry, you were uh, you 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 didn't get behind the wheel, but you had it got up close. Yeah, with I mean, a very nice Lamborghini. It really was a, a fascinating, but also a sad moment. I mean, <laughs> this is the, the the beginning of the end of the V10, right? So you know, when manufacturers release cars, they always have to come out with a slightly faster model, a slightly better variant, and try and elongate the life of any particular model, right? Yeah. So the Gallardo went from 2003 to 2013, 14. The Huracan's been with us since 2016, and they've had, you know, various iterations. I think it was the 640, 670, uh, Performante, Evo. And then what I thought would have been the last hurrah was the um, the STO. I mean, that was yeah. just a mm. raw machine. And as with all variants of cars, it's a little bit faster, a little bit crazier. So what can you do to top off an already near perfect V10, right? I mean, this thing's been, this V10 engine has been going since 2003 and mm. it shared the platform from the Gallardo. I think it was introduced in the R8 as well, the yep. Audi RS6. S8, yeah. yeah, the S8. The S8 as yeah. well. So there's a lot. This is a very, very special engine. And now we're looking at the Revelto, we're looking at the Lanzador, we're looking at the direction that Lamborghini are taking. So they wanted to do something different. So what do you do after building the STO? Throw it in the sand. Throw it into the sand. So I, I don't know <laughs> if they looked in the into desert. Porsche's playbook with their Dakar <laughs> and things like that. But honestly, what they built is something very, it's incredible. It's different. It's not faster. In fact, it's slower. Mm. It's the slowest of the Hurricane variants. I think 060 is still 3.4, so it's still fast, of course. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Slow in but, Lamborghini yeah, terms. It's yeah, slow yeah, in Lamborghini yeah, yeah, terms. Yeah. In terms of top speed, 160 miles an hour, that's because of the increased ride height. Uh, you've got proper bubbly off-road tires, especially made by Bridgestone. Uh, wider... Wider track thing, 35 millimeters at the front, 45 at the back, 45 millimeters increased in ride height as well. Uh, suspension, 25% more maneuverability, and most importantly, you've got the off road mode. So, it really got the right things going for it. But, how do you take a supercar like a Lamborghini Hur- Hurricane off road? So, mm. they've thought about that as well. So, you know, the distinctive feature for it is the big. Um, arches so yeah. that that, that yeah. helps pushing the wheels out but they've also reinforced the front bumper the back bumper the side skirts they've got a skid plate at the front so the attack angle on the bumpers are better front and rear and this is a you can tell somebody in the beginning had a lot of fun creating this and they've done a great job not to mention the little rally mode on the steering wheel as well um, i don't know who can get their hands on one because it's a limited production run yeah. 1000 and odd and they've probably already been pre-sold but this is definitely a future classic it's the last v10 very, very special car. I see this I, exponentially I, going up in value. I like the fact I would have it for Dubai, like with the Dakar version of the 911 as well, just for the speed humps. Yeah, yeah. Just so you don't have to raise the suspension. <laughs> you can you just, can just you can go over. around town normally and, yeah, yeah. and, and not uh, not worry about <laughs> scraping the front end of the car. Is this, is this the new 
supercar brand battleground. They've kind of run out of areas to fight. So now they're going, let's build yeah. off-road supercars. Right? So, uh, yeah, the, so, the, the Mad Max look. Yeah. How, I thought long, something, how long until Ferrari joined the party? Uh, yeah. Yeah. This is exactly yeah. what I said. Yeah. I was thinking of this on the way here. So, you know, Lamborghini had a big head start with the Urus, but now the Purisange came. So Ferrari getting into the 4x4 world. Can yeah. you imagine... Uh, 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 an SF90 off-road. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, come on. If, if they don't do it, someone else will, as Gimbala did with the Porsche exactly. as well. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it yeah. will happen. Uh, amazing stuff. We've got to get our hands on the Serato. Got people at Lamborghini. Do get in touch um, because that would be amazing. Three, um, three please. Yeah. Yes, we'll, 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 we'll do a Comparo <laughs> Top Gear style. You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is Motormania on Dubai Eye 103.8. Yes, welcome back to Motormania. It's Damien Reid in the studio and joined by Naz Chowdhury and Noel Ebden in the studio. Also now we've got a guest here, Fayod Al-Okali, the sales manager at Debizzle Cars to talk about, well, all about Debizzle's inspection processes. Good morning, Fayod. Good morning, Damien. How are you? Very well, thanks. Great to have you in the studio. Let's get straight into it. Number That's of cars bought and sold on Debizzle at any given time. It's a very, very popular platform. It is. It is. What actually, kind yeah. of ballpark numbers are we talking about these days? Look, it's hard to uh, to give a number uh, straight straight away, and you know, I just to get, get it off the top of my head. It varies from month to month, but the listings are huge. Like we have more than forty thousand listings, and an average time to sell a car is taking from anywhere between four to five weeks. So you can yeah, you can okay. say that. So okay. it's. To have a number, it's going to calculate some math, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. It's, it always scares me when you put in how the uh, a, po- a popular car and you see yeah. how many are listed. And exactly. it, says, it says there are 834 of these. You're like, <laughs> what? So you know you've got to try and narrow it down. You know? 100%. <laughs> and that's the thing. You've, 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 yeah. I mean, who doesn't play the game? Yeah, you yeah. get on to, to the bizzle and think of your, your dream car and you, you then you so narrow it's most it down. Expensive narrow first, it down. See yeah. what comes up. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> see, see what's there. Um, yeah, whether it be by price or spec yeah. or everything else. And also, too, because you've got inspections, you've got verified and all that, all that kind of thing, which to me is the first box I ticked regardless. If it's not, if it doesn't have the tick, I'm not interested anymore. That's really um, interesting. So you wouldn't look at a car that's not by a verified seller? Uh no, in terms of having the inspection and, 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 and buying the inspection report, that's under, what is it, 100? How much is the, the inspection yeah, 120 report? points inspection. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, but that's free. You don't pay for that. That comes with the car. With the service. Yeah. With, so if, yeah. You're, if you're listing your car with Dubizil Cars and you want it to, to be listed as inspected by Dubizil, yes. every single car is inspected. And we have right now around 1,800 plus cars inspected. So, so who actually does that inspection process? How so that's that? a very good question, Damien. So actually we have an inspection team. Uh, full on their uh, mechanics they are they've worked in uh, companies before they worked in RTA comprehensive tests before so they have quite the experience and they have the tools as well uh, to to inspect cars mm. so these are the people who inspect every car that comes to Dubazil and before any car is listed it has to be inspected it has to be fit in the criteria that we have as well I had this guy come to my house really yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. that's mobile inspections as yeah. well and he went out and he drove he went off and went for a drive did he come back yeah. Hopefully, hopefully. He didn't buy it, unfortunately. So, so what then? I can ask both of you now. Yeah, no, you're, you're you being a customer. Yeah, exactly. Um, what what then does the inspection checklist look like? What are what are the, what are the typical things they're looking for? So, I think we the basic inspection, which is the 120 points, comes 
starts with the uh, outside of the car. So if there's any paint on the car, because you know you can measure the thickness of the paint with the machines. And that's what we tell the customer uh, up ahead. So we measure the thickness of the paint, we dive into the engine. With the 120 point, it's more of like not, no physical machines going up, but we just f- physically inspect it, test drive the, the car, go to the transmission. After that, you look into the interior, the AC, basically everything that matters, the tires even, it all goes to the tires of the cars, if they're expired, what, how, what kind of tread do they have, what's the uh, year of the tires as well. Really, that, you brought up two really important things there. One is the expiry date on tires. A lot of people don't know that tires have a life. They have a shelf life, especially in our climate in the exactly. summer where the rubber gets hard and cracks up. And the other thing, paint depth, paint quality, because that can also tell you whether the car is what, what they call in the industry a cut and shut. Exactly. If, the, if there's different levels of thickness yeah. in the paint, you know that the front doesn't match the back or the left to the right, and which is what happens. So exactly. Although it could have been repaired. could have had a scrape. And True, had, but had if, it, if it's yeah. consistent over, say, the front True. half or the yeah, rear yeah, half. Yeah, yeah. But yes, you yeah. also have different varying levels of thickness. So if exactly. it's really yeah. thick, then you mm. know there's been some filler. Some or something filler, like exactly, that. 100%. So, like, I mean, you can clearly see the benefits for both the seller and the buyer because, you know, with this assisted selling, you're getting kind of a, if I'm not mistaken, a free inspection report on the car. Yeah. Yeah. And it's free to list? Uh, the sign-up fee is 99 dirhams. But and you just, get a free inspection, which is worth 500 dirhams. You get the free inspection, dirhams. but yeah, okay. just when, when your good. car is sold, <laughs> it's advertised for six months for free. Yeah. When it's sold, you pay a success fee depending on the price of the car. I mean, but you take care you, of the headache of selling. So it's, exactly. it's yeah. an interesting value when proposition. When you're talking about a five and a six-figure process with a vehicle 99 dirhams is is, is, is nothing is exactly it's, it's basically nothing. free yeah, yeah. We, now obviously it's it's an open platform for private buyers and sellers so uh there are believe it or not in society there are some unscrupulous people in this world no. um so, so <laughs> really what what happens when when a seller well let's quite bluntly what happens when a seller lies about the details of the car and gets caught what can the business reverse? So well, that, that's I'm sure. Actually, can they reverse a transaction? So first of all, this is a very good question. And we try as much as we can in inspected cars to uh, minimize the lies. How mm. do we do that? Is let's say a seller comes and says, I have a warranty on my car till 2024. Perfect. Where's the documentation for that warranty? Mm. Unless he gives us a documentation for the warranty, we don't list the car as with warranty. Mm. But same for the service contract. This is to minimize. And already we're doing the inspection of the car. So if you're saying there is no scratch on my car, my car is brand new, there's an inspection as well. So whatever you say, there's the reality of the situation. And some sellers actually don't know. Mm. Some sellers come and say, no, I bought my car from XYZ, you know, and I've had it for two years. And they assured me 100% my car has zero paint when we inspect the car. Yeah actually has paint and we we be frank with the seller we tell him this is the case one two yeah. three you know and because that's how we have to price the car accordingly as well yeah, is, is there a situation where uh, a transaction can be reversed or is it simply a case of buyer beware that you've got to be careful look in the end let's say an odometer is uh, replaced like they changed the odometer of the car yeah it shows in yeah. the rta inspection and after that chosen the rta inspection if the buyer wants to back out of the car 100 percent, we give him all his money back because the money of the buyer that he pays it stays with us until the transaction is completed to minimize the risk. And for the seller as well, because yeah. now his money is with a third party. It's not with the buyer only. This is Motor Mania with Damien Reed On Dubai Eye 103.8, the UAE's number one talk radio station. Welcome back. It's Damien Reed of Motor Mania, joined by Naz and Noel Edden in the studio. And, of course, we've got Fuad Alakali, the sales manager at DeBizzle Cars, to talk about DeBizzle's inspection process. A couple of texts come in. One, morning, guys. When is the new Toyota Prado coming to Dubai? And uh, what engine variants? That's from Frank. Don't we need him to shan here for that question? We, we do. He's that, the that, Toyota that's ex- 
Jasper. Yeah. Disney. Shan kind of yeah, question. Is, I know yeah. it's coming, but I don't know when. I don't quite know which. How engine. dare he be ill when a Toyota question comes in? <laughs> uh, stick with that one, Frank. We'll get we'll we'll, we'll get the Toyota <laughs> we'll guru who owns yeah. a Land Cruiser. I don't think it's anytime soon because um, the Geneva Motor, which I was at last week. Yes. Um, Toyota were they were the first guys so straight after the media press it went straight to Toyota so um, if they had anything in the next 6-12 months they would have shown it so I, yeah. I don't think yeah, there is anything no time soon essentially they just showed the uh, the electric uh, Land Cruiser at uh, the Tokyo Motor Show this week but as a concept at the moment mm. so yeah that'll polarise people uh, but let's get back to, to DeBizzle now um, advice for, for sellers and buyers for uh, what sellers can what, what can sellers do to make their car more attractive to get the best possible price for their car? Yeah, so basically that's a good question as well, uh, Damien. Uh, sellers, the first thing I say I would say is wash the cars. Like yeah. please, like don't. I, I've seen some cars listed and they're dirty, and I'm like, guys, there's nothing attractive about a dirty car. This you know? is my pet hate: people who don't bother to clean their car and try and sell it. It drives me nuts. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, it, yeah. it drives less people to see the exactly, car. Actually, yeah. like on the advert, you see less people clicking on the advert if the yeah. car is shown dirty. Mm. So yeah. that's the first one. The second and biggest one is pricing. So. Just because it's your car and you're in love with it, it doesn't mean it's 50000 above the market. <laughs> if, if it is that, <laughs> nobody's going to get a, uh, make an offer on your car in the end. You know, So these yeah. are, I think, the, the biggest two. And if you want to make it more attractive, the car, you can do some detailing or polishing and stuff like that because we see with our eyes. That's the first to be, make it more attractive. To and, yeah. and also, I've noticed some people just put like two pictures up of the car. Yes. And, uh, oh. and then some people yeah. put up like 10 pictures. And, and, a, and the one with 10 pictures, it tells you so much more. Or repetitive. It's... it's yeah. Like they'll put f- five pictures up and there's none in the interior. It'll be four of the front and yeah, exactly. one of the back. Exactly. And to me, instantly I'm thinking, what are you hiding? Yeah, exactly. What's- Actually, yeah. that's that's the first thought that comes to mind. And some of them try to hide the trim. Like, you know, if the yeah. car is mid-option, full-option, and they don't, don't tend mm. to uh, take a screenshot of the screen, let's say, inside sneaky, or the camera. Sneaky, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, when, and I guess, Naz, you could probably chip in here. The rules that you would suggest for, for negotiating the best price, how, how would well, you... Don't ask Naz. No one will get any money for their cars. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst question. You just blowed me on air. Oh, my God. <laughs> Naz, get the most you can afford right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, actually, in negotiating, if you're the seller and if you're the buyer, I think this is two different negotiations. If yeah. you're the seller, know where are the flows of your car. So yeah. basically, if your car is high mileage, if your car doesn't have a full service history, if your car doesn't have a warranty, you need to be aware of that and to need to be aware that this can drop a little bit down of the market price. Yeah. And if you're a buyer and the car is the opposite, if the car has warranty, if the car is original paint and full service history, this is also above. So keep these ideas in mind whilst negotiating because these play a big role in negotiation, in my opinion. Yeah, another text message. Warren has just texted in and said, yes, and take a picture of the engine, please. Absolutely. Agreed, Concur- agreed, 100%. That. Good really? point. Oh, okay. 100%. Um, that's uh, yeah, yeah, great, great advice here. Uh, another text message come through, and oh, we could talk for a long time about this one, but yeah. I'll throw it in there anyway. Just three words: hmm. Defender versus Ineos. Oh, okay. We don't have all day, Defender. but, but, no, but okay. let's. They are two different cars. Yeah, right. Well, they, I'm assuming yeah. he's comparing with the old Defender because the Ineos was built because the Defender yes. stopped. So you can't really. It's not fair to compare the new no, Defender exactly. with the yeah, Ineos. They're, they're so it would have to be things. the last yeah. of the Defender versus Ineos. Yeah. 
And Ineos tried to buy the Defender production line. Yeah. And got turned down. So they just said, okay, fine, we'll just build it ourselves. Buy our own. Yeah, yeah. build our own. And I am starting to see them on the roads. I've seen quite a few driving well, that, around. That's yeah, the thing. Yeah. We'll, we'll be able to give you a pretty comprehensive answer because I'm going to get into one at some point. Ooh. Um, to have I heard one. the turning circle shocking in a bad way. Really? I, we, yeah. we went off-road with it down at X Quarry a long time ago with a prototype, but I haven't driven one on the road yet, so uh, mm. we'll get into that. Uh, speaking of, uh, of cars like the Ineos that are very popular, um, popular cars right now, I imagine, would be such convertibles and uh, lifestyle cars because the weather is good. The weather is very good, especially after the first rain uh, last Thursday. Yeah. I think that's opened the eyes of people and I need an SUV. Everyone ah. needs an SUV. You know? Just like we said earlier in the show, right? The Pajeros exactly. just kicked off. The yeah. Pajeros just kicked off. The convertibles, just like you said, because the weather is amazing. And for some reason, like higher-end cars like McLarens, Ferraris, uh, supercars, basically, they, they sell tend to sell. This is the time for, the, uh, for them. So to I sell. sold the McLaren recently on Dubizel, huh? so thank Probably. you. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> so Probably we, because... We, um, we need to build a four-wheel drive SUV fast convertible. Don't we? I think there's someone that's done when they get the patrols and chop the roof exactly. off the back. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's beat you to it and yeah, it's yeah, done. Yeah. <laughs> the closest but you can get is a Range Rover Evoque. Yeah, convertible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right? yeah. I saw one of those on the way here. Or Excellent. the G Wagon, uh, what do they call it? Lando Lee? The Lando Lee? Yeah. Yeah. I, drive, I drive that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's it, the back's convertible, isn't it? But that's it's actually convertible, like six wheel drive. Yeah. Um, but it's over three and a, in fact, it's funny. I was talking to some guys the other day. It's over three and a half tons. So in South Africa, you need a truck license to drive. <laughs> I also think it's three and a half million dirhams as well. <laughs> it's so also yeah, for exactly. everyone. Um, but you do need a commercial vehicle license in South Africa to drive the wow. Landolo. Oh my god! Uh, but right. yeah, but do, do you find that for that 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 the market is so fickle with buyers and sellers that we, we get one or two rainy days and suddenly the sales of uh, Pajeros and, and Prados goes up and then we get some nice sunny days and then suddenly SL Mercedes and BMW convertibles are the talk of the town. Is it, right. is it that? Is it that? It's not immediate? that. It's not that. Like, if you want to say, it's more like the season, you know, like people know the season is coming. People yeah. are expecting the winter to come. So it's not only the time exactly, but it just as a reminder, it kicks in, you know, it rains yeah. and I'm like, oh, yeah, it is winter, you know, actually, yeah. because you tend to forget here in Dubai it's winter. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that's the idea. Well, I, 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 as we were saying earlier, I sold my my nine eleven. Mm. I tried to sell it in May, and in May I got no phone calls, yeah. nobody, yeah. and I put it back up for sale because I was on holiday. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I purposely hid from you. And then the um, I put it up for sale two days ago, and I've sold it already, and I've had ten, twelve phone calls. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, it's, nothing's changed. It's the so same too with with uh, with older cars, classic cars. Yeah, because yeah. because the weather is better, so they they run better as well. Yeah, yeah. Overheating issues. Yeah, um, and that's probably where the answer to your supercars things come exactly. into it. I mean. Uh, you're probably best selling a Ferrari when the weather's cooler than when it's hot. So yeah. it'll, it'll do the test drive. Exactly. Uh, it'll, think, it'll complete the test drive. I think Porsches and Ferraris will do really well. So you've got the icons of Porsche. And it's also related around events. So what I found is as classic car events happen in the UAE, there's a big surge for classic cars. As icons of Porsches running up to the end of November, yeah. there'll mm. be a big surge for Porsches. And with Formula One coming around the corner, there'll be a big surge for McLarens and Ferraris. People mm. will be like, they come off the, you know, they watch the race live and they just get into the whole supercar thing and then they go back and buy yeah. a Ferrari. Yeah. <laughs> it's happened a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How does a customer who's looking to buy a car, mm. how do they know the difference between buying a car off a private seller and, uh, and a licensed dealer 
and as opposed to someone who's just verified to sell cars? How, how do you differentiate between those sort of areas for, from, from a buyer? Yeah, so that's very easy, actually. So if you, if you want to search by dealers, we have the option by filters to search by dealers, and we have the dealers listed. Do they have to state that they're a dealer or can they sort of say, I'm taking a car home on the weekend and I'll just pretend it's my wife's car? I think you mean it's uh, – you're, you're talking about <laughs> private dealer, like say, freelancers, not uh, yeah, main dealers yeah, yeah, because yeah. main dealers are yeah. registered. You know, They have it. They want to advertise themselves. They list it under the dealer, let's say, whatever the car showroom is. Yeah. But if it says uh, freelancer, I think the best way to identify is the blue tick of success. Mm. Okay. I'll give you another user. really nice yeah. trick on this. Check the registration card and see when they registered the car. Yes. Hmm. Because yeah. one thing in the UAE is the registration card has the ownership change and the registration date. So if you have that person who's saying, oh, I'm selling my wife's car, and there's a lot of freelancers out there, and I've got hmm. nothing against them, right? Yeah, yeah but, of course. Yeah. yeah, I've had the car for two years. My wife's upgrading. She's pregnant. I look at the registration card. It's like, mate, you just registered this car a week ago. <laughs> yeah, Always yeah, ask for the registration card. Exactly. I agree with you. It's a very good trick. That's yeah. a very good trick. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, have, have you found that, Naz, in, in, in your journeys yeah a, a lot it happens a lot I, I mean in this region there's like a negative stigma attached to car dealers yeah and i don't know why that's it's not the just case. this region it's just one of those things it's no, like journalists in, in, in and car the UK, dealers in the uk <laughs> real estate <laughs> agents you know can go on forever right but like in the uk people are happy to be traders yeah i'm in the trade what does that mean it means i get a bit of a warranty i probably get a company invoice and that's that yeah here i've noticed freelancers will do their best to hide the fact that they're freelancers it's mm. like they're doing something wrong or illegal where they're not so much a dirty word isn't it it's a dirty word right yeah yeah well look for uh, thank you so much for joining us this morning from the bizzle um, you're listening to the uae's number one talk radio station this is motor mania on dubai i 103.8 yes motor mania with you through uh for the last quarter through to midday i'm damien reed and i'm joined in the studio with naz chowdhury and noel ebden in the studio uh now earlier a couple last week i went out and checked uh, had a had a look with uh, alpha tamer their new electric vehicle facility they've set up the region's first imi accredited electric mobility training center and it's dedicated learning and development facility here in Dubai. It's a multi-million dirham investment with the uh, program being developed in partnership with the internationally recognised EV qualification body, the Institute of Motor Industry. I found it really interesting because it's training technicians and mechanics to to safely work on electric vehicles when they come in. Um, It's equipped with absolute state-of-the-art laboratory featuring simulation works, cutaway electric vehicles that shows the various components of high voltage systems um, so that these people and, and also emergency workers, fire brigades, ambulance, police who are first on the scene at, at an accident mm. can safely extract a person from an electric vehicle in case it's live or, or there's other issues as well mm. and, and know the difference between an electric vehicle and a combustion vehicle. Um, so many questions that popped up in my head during yeah, this yeah, one. I can imagine. Um, we had a quick look around, of course, being Alpha Tame, lots of Toyotas, lots of Polestars, the BYDs, even the Volvo trucks, fully electric, big he- oh, um, really? cab over, yeah, Volvo trucks in there as well. So, um, yeah, um, and it's something I think that really should be in every manufacturer should be doing this. If you're going to sell the car, you've got to be able to work with it safely mm. and and service it and and help people you know in emergency situations so i had a chat with shane elliott who's the head of after sales learning and development at alpha tame automotive 
and he told me that they, they had spent a small fortune on building the facility. What we've done is we've spent over a million dollars on just the EV investment. You know, it's a multi-million investment in the centre itself on simulators, on the training infrastructure, partnering with IMI, the Institute for the Motor Industry based out of the UK, that gives us um, international standard recognition. We also are able to register our technicians on the TechSafe register, which is, again, internationally recognised. Mm. So we just actually saw you handed the, the certification from, from IMI, as this is obviously the first, the first in the region. So what does that now open the door for you to do? We can train people from EV level one, which is basically everybody that comes into contact with an electric vehicle, whether that's a driver, a service receptionist, sales executive or technician. Uh, And then we go on to the higher levels, which is the level two, three and even to level four. So we're definitely the first in the region doing uh, level four certification, which is where we can actually work on the batteries themselves, uh, stripping those down. Predominantly, we will be certifying our technicians to level three, which gives them the ability to diagnose and work on high voltage systems and then even the people that are just doing the general service and maintenance will carry an IMI certificate to a a level 2.2 certification level. We will actually license them to work on the vehicle so again this is going to be auditable so anybody that is working on your EV vehicle will carry a license to say that he can work on that vehicle safely. Yeah, so one difference between a garage, for instance, for combustion engine vehicles and a a facility for electric vehicles is that there is an entirely different safety protocol that comes into it. Very, very meticulous you have to be when you're dealing with electric vehicles. It's a whole new world that Mm. the car industry is now going through, not just in manufacturing and building it, but as you said, maintaining it and making sure that your staff Mm. are dealing with the car safely. So uh, again, Shane... Uh, talk me through some of the safety aspects that they have on site. Working on an electric vehicle, there's a lot of things that can cause quite a a bit of damage to you. So it leads to a whole infrastructure of new tools, equipment, safety understanding, you know, just getting the habits of people that have predominantly just got under an engine, dove straight in. They've got to stop and think now. You know, we've got a lot of safety equipment that we're instilling into the workshops or installing, sorry, into the workshops. And with the recommendations, even to the point of with with body shops, there's recommendations for the body shops as well. Quarantine areas that are are dedicated, that keep a vehicle safe and out of the way should it be involved in any sort of heavy accident. But in the main, very safe, you know, and we want to make sure that all our technicians and everybody near these vehicles is safe and has a clear understanding Mm. of the implications of working with high voltages. Yes, that was Shane Elliott, Head of After Sales Learning and Development at AlphaTame Automotive. And I found some really interesting things out of that. For instance, if you're a technician working on the car, so the tools that you use have to be different for an electric vehicle. They, they're, they're rubber insulated, so your sockets, your spanners, mm. you can't have metal on metal contact, mm-hmm. right? So they're rubber, rubber insulated as well. St- how you stand with a car, you must stand with feet apart, not your feet together to avoid closing a circuit in effect if it runs through your body. Um, gloves. Very thick rubber gloves, and they're pressure tested every time you put them on. Even if you go out for a cup of coffee, you come back and you roll the end of the glove up to create like a balloon as if you're blowing the thing up to make sure there's no pinholes in there uh, so that there's no contact. Face masks because you can get an electric shock that goes through the air as well. So you've got all these things. You're not selling this to me. No, but but (laughs) this this is is the reality. This is the the reality of what we're dealing with now. Um, 
which 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 cables you need to cut. That's pretty important. In which order? It's like a James Bond one of the film, blue one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. Where the where the kill switch is yeah. for so so the first thing when it, when an electric vehicle EV is involved in a, in an accident, mm. when the airbag goes off, it basically kills the system. It yeah. it 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 makes sure the car's not live. But you still have to, emergency responders have to then find the big switch, and the big switch is usually underneath the rear seat of the car. Pull, pull the rear seat up. So the first thing they've got to do, mm. and I hate to tell this to people who own electric vehicles, but the first thing they've got to do is they've got to make sure the car is safe before getting the, the occupant out of the car. So first thing to do, really? a, yeah. um, uh, they, get out first, a temperature, they... they uh, the uh, temperature scanner to make sure, and they walk around the car as if you're, you're measuring the temperature of uh, tyres or whatever else, mm. to make sure there's no thermal runaway of the battery. So make sure that the battery is not you know, blasting away. Mm. Then after that, cutting the correct wires. Then after that, making sure that the, uh, that the switches pull. Then you remove the occupant from the vehicle. Are you sure all the first responders know this? Because I don't this, know this. But this is what they're learning. This is what's going through right now. This is why I think other manufacturers really should be getting in and even if they go down and hire the facility off these guys because it's the only one here right now. Um, it's a really serious issue because if um, if you have a fully electric car and, and how do you tell? Is at the moment, there's no coding to tell you that that car that's crashed into a power pole is an electric vehicle or not because some have green signage, some have blue signage to say it's neither, but there's not an industry standard. Oh, so in the UK, all electric cars have a green strip on yes. the on the number plate, so you know it's an EV. Ah. That's true. That's very true. So, there's, there, there's yeah. not anything like that do, here. Do you think after this show, every um, EV owner is going to be outside underneath their car looking for a big switch? <laughs> for the, where's the on-off switch? No, because switch? It's, 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 it's hidden. <laughs> but it's hidden away. But it's, yeah. What about hybrids? So uh, they, they have like it's a similar thing. Yeah. You, double you trouble. You've you got still, the fuel tank and the mm. you still have side. a battery. You still have a battery. You have that issue. There's also two. There's a, they have a, a like a, a large bath for cars. Mm. So once you have a because again you got thermal runaway. So um, the the car is taken on a on a on an all up carrier. Mm. to the Alpha Tame facility and dropped into a bath. So the car is submerged in the water. Hang and, on, hang on, hang on. So you're carrying a from a crash scene a car that's on fire. No, no, the, after the fire goes out. so the But it doesn't go out. It, no, it does go out, but it can reignite. Right. Well, why would you put this it into water? Because this is with all electric vehicles, and something in the UK they do and in Europe they do, is that in Europe you have to submerge the car for two weeks hmm. because the, 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 the flash point is so low hmm. that after the fire has gone out and the car can sit there for six and seven hours and it can reignite again. Hmm. And so, therefore, it has to be submerged. They have these big mini skips in Europe on the side of the road. In Europe, they've just got the mini skips with the spray jets that go into into the skip wow. as well as water. But the car has to be fully submerged in Europe. It's for two weeks. I'm not sure what it is in the UK, mm. because the, even when the fire is finished, um, it can come back. Mm. So, these that this is why we have the issues with with uh, cargo ships catching on fire mm. because of. You've got yeah. cars with lithium-ion batteries in there, and they put the fire out, and they think everything's okay, and then it comes back again. Well, I suppose the easy thing with your phone is you can throw it out the window, but you can't do that with a car, you can, can you? Can't, you can't, can't, yeah, a, a laptop, you know, a computer yeah. or something yeah. like that. So I was already anti-EV, and you've just taken me like over the edge even more. <laughs> well, it's not, yeah, I mean, it's not so much being anti-EV, but it's about, it's about knowing the facts yeah. and, and not believing and not going with the, the, with the hype. Mm. And you've got to know the facts yeah. of the safety of and I these guess cars. It's, it's education. I mean, one I remember in the nineties when everyone was worried about fuel tanks in cars. Mm. 
It's yes, like, sir. Is the fuel tank safe? And then you've got all those like rubber fuel tanks for yeah. like the race cars and mm. things like that. And the first thing that comes to someone who doesn't know is how can you drive around with 100 liters of fuel in the car? Isn't it yeah. just a ticking time bomb? But mm. people have kind of forgotten that they were driving around with flammable yeah. liquid mm. but it's, in the heart of the car. But with it, education, everything's okay, right? It just made me think though, so backyard mechanics you probably not the not not the smartest thing to do because mm. if you have the tools metal on metal you know you get a i mean you know when you disconnect a 12 volt battery with a with a 10 mil spanner you yeah. can get a little spark yeah, yeah. that's okay but it's a very different story when you're talking 400 right, yeah. 600 1100 volts in some yeah. cars yes. with and high also, currents as and well. also yeah. what people i think most people don't realize how little electricity you need to actually do yourself serious damage if not completely Massive. yeah and if it, you're it's, it's actually a very low threshold with electricity and it's keeping not, your yeah. keeping your feet apart yeah so don't put your feet together there's just lots there's <laughs> oh, lots of little things it's there. just yeah but it was oh, well worth going down and oh. sitting with the guys from alpha time yeah. on that one so uh yeah um and i'm sure that's not the last we're going to be talking about this so uh food for thought with that one but that's about all we've got time for in uh this edition of motor mania thank you so much naz thanks uh thank you thanks for joining us again Noel. thanks for, for, for again no worries and uh we'll be back in uh Two Saturdays time. We've got lots more coming up in that one uh, in the next edition of Motor Mania. This is Motor Mania with Damien Reed. On Dubai Eye 103.8, the UAE's number one talk radio station.